Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Model Podcast, coming to you from Models One in partnership with Studio 71. Now in our 50th year, Models One is the most established agency in Europe and we would like to share with you how our world works through this series, which will feature exclusive interviews and conversations with our models, talent, colleagues and friends in fashion. In this episode of the Model Podcast, we will be talking to Fen O'Mealy, an award-winning filmmaker and journalist who also sits on our talent board at Models One. With her interests lying in the themes of creative culture, she is the UK face of High Snobiety, girl on the ground at BBC Radio One Extra, and spends her time interviewing some of the industry's most prolific names, both in front of and behind the camera. As a filmmaker, Fenn has produced and directed films for some of the industry's leading brands, including Chanel, Paul Smith, uh, Nike, House of Holland. She's interviewed a wide range of notable names, from Kim Jones to Stormzy for publications such as Elle and High Snobiety. Her work is fueled by her curiosity and furthered by her personable nature and desire to share honest anecdotes of life. We'll be speaking with Fenn about being a creative in the fashion industry and the trials this entails. So, um, Fanny Mealy. Hello. I have said that right, haven't I? Yeah, you yeah. said that perfectly right. Well, oh, great, great, great. Some people do say O'Malley, but yeah. O'Mealy is preferred. Okay, great. Um, so tell us a little bit about your many, many roles within the fashion industry. You know, you're a filmmaker, presenter, journalist. Where did it all begin? Um, I guess, like, as a, as a kid. So I was heavily into sport as a kid, and my dad would take me training every week. Um, and then I ended up assisting somebody at Birmingham Clothes Show Live with, um, <laughs> I can't remember who the who the group were now, but um, I was working backstage like dressing models and I just really found a love for um, the fashion industry. And even though that side of it wasn't necessarily glamorous at all, I was just really interested in getting involved and I was probably about 14 at the time. And then turned around to my dad and I was like, look, I am, um, as much as I love running, I feel like I'm doing it more for somebody else than, yeah. than myself. And um, my dad was in the Olympic trials as um, probably about the age of, from probably about the age of 18 to 24, he was running a lot. Um, and so his dream was for me to be an Olympic athlete. And then I turned around and <laughs> I was like, ah, I think I want to go into fashion. And we didn't really have anybody in our family in fashion and media. Quite polar opposite yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So then I managed to get an internship at ITV um, backstage at this morning. And from that, it just kind of blossomed. And I just found um, different avenues to go down. And I think one, one thing that I really found... Um, help has helped me now was just going backstage and making short films and then learning how to edit them I ended up having an internship at the BBC at the one show and then after that um I got an internship at 
escaped the country where I learned how oh, to cute. edit. Yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> and I learned how to um, edit short films then. And that was something for me. Um, at the time, I didn't really necessarily know how much it would benefit me now. At the time, I was just very interested in how yeah. you edit a film. And um, working backstage for small indie magazines at Fashion Week, I was able to take all the footage and I probably, I wouldn't have much sleep during the whole of Fashion Week because we'd shoot I still feel like you don't have much sleep. No. Friends. Not much has changed from those intern days my dear <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things that you just end up like when you're so passionate about it you want to get that film edited mm -hmm. and you wanted to I don't know you just want to learn to and, then, yeah, and, and explore yeah. everything yeah. so um so then yeah then I'd end up I learned how to edit short films probably about the age of 19 because I was interning um interning at the one show and then after that uh, I'd go to um, escape to the country in my summer holiday. But this is still all at uni. This is while I was at uni. So I was doing all of this like short filmmaking and it was really bad at the beginning, but it's fun. <laughs> you can still see some of it. I think I've I'm sure taken a lot of it down. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then I just realized that actually, at first I was kind of like, oh, do I want to go down the editing route? Do mm -hmm. I want to go down the presenting route? Do I want to just interview? Do, wanna, do I want to explore directing more? And then I realized that this whole 360 approach, whether it's in front of the camera, behind the camera, over the radio, um, to be able to interview somebody, to be able to storytell in a way that is really authentic is really valuable now. And if I can do that with many different skills, mm -hmm. I think it's really important. So well, that's- Yeah, it. well, I mean, that's really interesting you say that because I actually was going to ask you if you if you felt like you identified more with like one of your titles or, yeah. or your, but you obviously sort of, or do you feel they're all central to your career? Do you know what I think for me is being able to interview someone. I yeah, love- you love it. Uh, yeah, I, and I just love that kind of interaction, like this kind of thing. I think it's there's something really special about um, being able to get some, I remember, well, get a story out of somebody that feels like you're connecting in a way that is a friendship. The mm -hmm. first film that I did for Paul Smith, I felt like um, basically it was to encourage um, a younger audience to the Paul Smith um, brand. And the cast that I ended up casting and like the conversations that we got out of them, it was really about genuine, authentic mm -hmm. conversations and just having a bit of fun with it. And I feel like, that for me is what I hopefully um, aim to do throughout all my content, throughout Amazing. all my stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, even just stuff like this, I feel like it's just nice to be able to... Just to be in conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like everybody, everybody has a story, whether it is like, I don't know, Barack Obama or oh my God, that would be an interview. Yeah, not that you're not, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Really I'm no. This. I'm no Obama. <laughs> but whether it is someone like Barack Obama yeah. or whether it is your nan, whether yeah. it's your next door neighbour, no, I, I feel like everybody Definitely. has a story, and I think yeah, and they're always interesting, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel like you you had like a, a particular moment that was like your skyrocket moment? You know, when things really started to take off, or do you feel like this is something that's kind of slowly progressed over some time with all your hard work? It's definitely slowly progressed. I think there are always like many moments in your career where you're like, that's amazing. That's, yeah. You're like so proud of yourself. And then you want, then, and I think there's a moment I remember when I really first started editing short films stylistically with a style rather than just cutting them up and being mm -hmm. like, there's your content. It was more like 
it had a style to it and I'd beat match which um for people who don't know is like when you get music and mm-hmm. you kind of match cuts to the beat um and I then I kind of realized um then those yeah. little moments would make you really smile I remember editing Stormzy and the team had uh, I did a short film for Elle magazine and Stormzy and the team had sent me all of Stormzy's music to soundtrack it and there was just something in me that just didn't feel right it just felt too um expected right of yeah the film. almost yeah. too contrived or, yeah it's not authentic yeah. enough for you then. Yeah. yeah and then I found a track and I was like and for a long this is the one thing that is really hard about my editing is that it can get you so it can take you so high but then again <laughs> it can take you so low and I knew that this was a big moment for me to be able to make a storm make a film for Stormzy and then and our magazine and it go to so many different people and it also it was on um, being young, black, and British, and it's such an inspiring topic. So I was like, right, I've got to nail this. Um, so I was in a basement for about four days, looking through SoundCloud purely because I edit in my basement, and um, it took me about four days to find this one track, and it was by this Korean guy, um, and it was a mu- what is like a um, what's the word? Yeah, it was a classical piece. Okay. So it was so different. So different, yeah. yeah. And I think the contrast between this um, young between black... You yeah, this and young what, audience. What was doing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this old music. It was just, yeah. And and, so, and, L, and obviously Elle really responded to that. And yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah, and really I think... Favor. Exactly, and I think, um, I think for me, going back to the question of um, whether there is anything that I really... That's a big standout yeah, for you. Yeah, I think. Obviously, I think working those so moments, hard like that yeah. and recognizing something that you feel you're probably going off piste a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But it, it does take, um, it takes a lot of time and it takes yourself to, rem- it takes that, those moments to make you, to remind yourself like you're going to have to work on this a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always come like, it can take like two months to come. Yeah. Or it can take, two days to come and that's the painful thing about editing and for, and it's the frustrating thing that like, I know that I can get an interview out of somebody um which isn't which is a great skill and it's a great thing to know within me that I can go into a room and and try and like work out the best way to connect with someone I love doing that mm. um but when it comes to the edit, it can your take, creativity yeah, you takes have some time. No, yeah. Which actually really nicely. So, you know, you do work between London, Paris, and now New York. You've yeah. got a great agency and an agent over yeah. there. I mean, do you feel like either city enhances your creativity more? Or do you feel more inspired by either one of the cities that you sort of predominantly spend your time in? Or I just love New York. I always feel like <laughs> <laughs> The it big just, Yeah, Yeah, it just, it is one of those places that I feel like everybody wants to learn. Everybody's like, so what are you up to? Like, what's happening? Do you happening? think? Yeah, but you in a way- You don't see it as too, like, competitive. It's like, no, it's, it's no. more of a creative I think environment. It's, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's more competitive in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in- New York, everyone's like, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> you get that. Good. You just took a step. Well done. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so I love New York. I don't know. I just feel like some people find it too too intense. And like yeah. you can get lost. But if you get your head down and you know what you want to create and you have a focus and you have a goal, um, it's, yeah. It's achievable. Yeah. So all these cities and all this editing and all these interviews, do you ever find time for Fen? 
Um, do you know what? I've actually, this year, I've made it like a mission to make sure I do because it's so important for your mental health. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I run a lot, like I said at the beginning. Um, I grew up running. I grew up with a very sporty family. And running for me is my freedom, my headspace. Yeah. I went for a run this morning. I can't like not go for a run. I just feel like it God, gives you I that energy. Running. I wish I had Do that. you know what? And then I, I got mean. a DM saying like from somebody <laughs> and I always get DMs. I keep sending DMs on running because I love it. And a lot of people ask me like, how long does it take you to get into running? <laughs> and like, how long, how long, how far do you run every morning and things like that. And I think it's one of those things that so many people hate it, but actually once, it takes a few months, it can take a few, like it took me a few, a few months to get back into it. Cause I, comp I went cold turkey mm -hmm. for after I- um, After you quit like sort of- After I quit, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then it took me a while to get back into it. And it is frustrating cause you just want to be able to keep going and you're like, I really can't keep going. <laughs> but- um, Now you like forest yeah. gump, do we just- Yeah, I'm literally like just like, I'm just like- <laughs> Accumulating people on the exactly. way. Exactly. <laughs> And it's a great play it's a great way to learn um different parts of different cities so when i'm in paris i'll run when i'm in berlin i'll run when i'm in new york i'll always run um so yeah and every city that i go to whenever i'm like traveling i'll always go for a run because that like, for that's me your is like chi, is it, yeah it's like my like knowing that i've like ran in different cities is like my stamp I've, so you're, I've you're like you're city. like an international forest gump right exactly <laughs> that that is my global <laughs> that's my new name but i think the one thing is that um getting headspace i also like i think it's really important yeah. to um I've, and this is something that i learned um i went on a trek with sj our well our fellow friend yes she's a she's a, a homie one colleague yeah. yes um, a sweetheart <laughs> yeah i went on a trek with um a charity to the Mm, Atlas Mountains was that it? was it the <laughs> Atlas Mountains of, like, good job I'm train of um, in Morocco and there no signal it's literally just like four four to five days of pure walking across like different mountains and then we got to the top of the um, of Mount Tubuk or Tubkel 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 that was it <laughs> um, and um, just being out there just made me realise okay right what is it that makes you passionate? What is it that fulfills you? How do you get some balance into your mm -hmm. life? Because it's taken a long time for me to really understand that balance is so important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know how to do it. I don't. I still don't know. And I think that it's something that I punish myself about a lot. But I think um, as long as you are taking, whether it is an hour to two hours a day, just to kind of switch off, mm -hmm. It's so important. And also just have a look at your screen time and how much screen yeah. time you're using. Because I think once you really have a like really have an understanding of how much time you're taking up just being on your phone, yeah. you, it makes you kind of feel a bit like, oh, that's yeah, not you nice. get lost. In yeah, it all a bit. you really do. And I think it's so important. Like, I'm going home this weekend for Father's Day and I'm like, right, what am I gonna get my dad? Like, I'm gonna go and get him some big flowers and like, I just wanna like, I just wanna. Yeah. Just forget about yeah. work for a bit. And also it's just great. like, yes. Yeah, I think it's up. important to like, be as, as you know, committed as you are and then be able to switch yeah. off. I mean, like you were mentioning, it's the benefits of that for your for your mental health, but then also, yeah. I guess it, it sort of reprograms you and helps you with your confidence. I mean, Usually, how, how, yeah. how important is self self-confidence in your field, do you think? 
I think it's very important. I think, um, and a shout out to Block as well, because I always go to their yoga and that always also gives me massive headspace. So massive shout out to them. But going back to self-confidence, I think, um, I think it's really important. And it's something that you'll never fully nail. I think there's always like, highs and lows of self-confidence and I know that like after Stormzy I had so much self-confidence I was like the boss nobody can mess with me and then after that like two months after I'm like shit what am I allowed to swear on this too late now yeah okay I was like shit where am I going like who am I what am I doing am I a director am I interviewing and I think like that's the thing it's one of those things that um Often we look too deeply at what other people might think. Yeah, I don't think that that's the worst thing because half the time nobody actually cares. Yeah, they just see that you're. Or they're not doing, seeing any of the no, stuff that, you th- that you're yeah, seeing or you think exactly, they're seeing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So self confidence is a um, is a huge thing that I think we're all we're all pretty much everybody I think is battling with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I would you call yourself a millennial? I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. So, so talking yeah. about what other people think and other labels and stuff, you know, your generation, because, you know, it's no secret now that I'm not part of that generation. You can be. <laughs> I feel like you're, you kind of are because you're carrying somebody that is. So yes, it's like, yes, my little bun in the oven will yeah. be part of this. So, then, <laughs> um, so obviously, like, your generation has, you know, recently been labelled the snowflake generation. Ooh. And I do use the I do use the air quotes there because, you know, I don't know. Which, you know, it does suggest that some young people have become a bit less resilient, a bit more yeah. self-entitled. Um, obviously, your career and, and the things that you do, it, it has required a great deal of, like, real hard work, determination. I mean, what do you make of that? Because, like I say, I do use air quotes and it's not something I feel is necessarily a fair statement because yeah. there are like yourself people like yourself who who literally work i feel yeah. like probably 18 hours of the yeah. day yeah. to get where you are i mean what do you feel about this stereotype well i think i think everybody is so different and i think um i think you can never categorize mm-hmm. anyone i think like it's all great saying that there's this millennial generation and whatever and the mm-hmm. snowflake gen- generation but i think um we're all it's funny because I saw something on Instagram the other day from a friend who was who I was at uni with, and she'd said that she is um, she has this um, I think it's like Instagram transparency and ha- and talking about how um, she was still working at a cafe was pushing a career in journalism, and I was like, wow, okay, Fen, look at where you are now, mm. like look at what you've done you don't have to do that anymore yeah. like that was two years ago for you and yeah. like I think there is um everybody's trying to everybody's trying to do a or live a dream yeah. and get out of this nine till five yeah or at least a good majority of us are and I think that it's great um but yeah to answer your question I I don't think you can ever categorize yeah do you think do you think do you think generalization like that is, is quite damaging in a way too yeah, I do. I do. Um, I don't think it's it's intended to be at all. But I think, um, especially for me, I feel like it's damaging only in the way that um, sometimes higher higher ups or people who are of an older generation can look at it and just think, "Oh, you just make social content, right? Yeah. That kind of thing." Or, yeah. "Oh, you're just part of that social content generation where." And I and I think that that is very frustrating, especially yeah. for someone like me. And I, and luckily, it hasn't really come about like that. It hasn't. But I, 
I often feel that that is maybe how people look yeah. at me, but then that's just my yeah. self-doubt. Well, interestingly, because yeah. I've actually also heard of a term of millennial burnout, which of course is yeah. like chronic, yeah. chronic um, stress brought yeah. on by l- largely having a never-ending to-do list, yeah. which is what I feel like that's that's probably that where you are. That is very much so, yeah. <laughs> and that was me before I went to Mar- Marrakesh. I was like, SJ, yeah. I, I don't know what makes me happy anymore because you're loading yourself yeah. with all of the, I mean, it's incredible. Like we have so many incredible opportunities now to mm-hmm. like and the proximity of um just personal relationships has become closer and closer because like i remember this guy whose music i used to use for videos um i would say his name but he's very famous now <laughs> but um mm-hmm. i used to use his midi- uh, videos just for his videos his music for my videos when i'm probably about four years ago now and now he's blown up massively and that proximity has become so much closer and so much smaller that I think um, the ability to do so much is a thing yeah. and then you're like oh but I want to do this but I want to talk to that yeah. person but I want to do something with that person it's like I mean do you think do you think social media has played a massive part in that do you think it's yeah. sort of added pressure for people to kind of keep um, you know young creators I suppose do you think it's something that pushes them to keep doing better do you think in turn it can actually like cause um cause harm to their self-confidence and you know sort of putting too much pressure on them to succeed because it is so immediate yeah everybody I feel like social media makes it out there everybody needs to have this incredible Mm. life of being associated with this person and being followed by this person and that and having to document it all the time yeah, yeah yeah Even like if a brand takes you on a trip, you need to document yeah. it. It's like, I just want to enjoy the trip, <laughs> please. Literally, yeah. I don't want to be on my. And I think there is that, um, there is that need to tell everybody what you're doing and yeah. tell everybody who you're working with and 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 well, once that project is done, who are you next yeah. working with. Do you feel like anyone listening to this point who's sort of really feeling that particular pressure? I mean like yeah. really what do you advise them to do from the hair on out it is hard like i'm yeah. not like i feel it too yeah. like i honestly always feel it but i think um i think that maybe take yourself off of social media just for like a week and yeah. see how it is God, I a week to my, some people yeah would like, it would be a what? lot <laughs> yeah and just reassess what it but is yeah. that makes you happy and yeah. focus on that yeah. Because I think, like, I went away to Devon earlier this year, and I put it on social media after I went away. Um, <laughs> but I went to Devon for four days, switched off my phone for four days, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just went completely by just myself. reset. Reset, yeah. and just, just remembered. I read a book um, on stress, which was incredible. It was, like, the four-pillar plan mm-hmm. to, like, living your life by Dr... I can never say his last name, but Chaturangi. But he always has... um <laughs> He has an amazing podcast that I listen to as well. My housemates think I'm such a weirdo because I just listen to him and sleep <laughs> at night time. Um, but I think it's really important just to, yeah, take yourself away from yeah. social from media. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. have a look at what actually makes you happy. Is that editing a film? Is that being in social situations? Is that actually being away from social situations and just listening to music because if it is that it's just listening to music maybe it's a career in music that actually fulfills you and I found that so many times like sometimes I've been like actually wait a minute I'm really stressed why am I so stressed and I'll just take myself away from it and always like put on a playlist and then I'm like this makes me so happy so I know that for me music is one thing that music and exercise is one thing that really makes me happy so actually maybe 
push more work or mm-hmm. push for more work in those areas yeah. and it's guaranteed that those if if it makes you happy and if it's yeah you'll work a little harder Absolutely. on it and you'll probably do better A lot of your um, your film work and like your journalistic work obviously involves you speaking to other sort of strong, ambitious women. Um, do you en- do you enjoy interviewing people like that? You know, like other yeah. like-minded people. Oh, I love it. And I think there's one thing. Sometimes it doesn't really feel like a interview. It just feels like a conversation. Yeah. And you can take so much advice from them. And I think like there's um, I actually did a training session with Kirsty Godsoe over in the States and I'd been following this night trainer night, ma- night master trainer for a long time and then so I was in this training session and we just got on so well and, and ever since like, I've just become really close friends mm-hmm. with her and I think it's one of those things that connecting with like-minded women whether they are like-minded or whether they are going to teach you something mm-hmm. that's completely different I think it's so important especially this idea or this um, topic of self-doubt it's like oh, okay you're feeling that too yeah okay, yeah. okay do you so think when you speak to the women like this or like people like this does it actually drive you to, to yeah. do more and hugely to do more? yeah yeah and to like you're to hear that you're inspiring somebody yeah. who you have always been been inspired, inspired by. by yeah that drives you massively yeah hugely oh my gosh i mean do you personally feel like there are any obstacles in the industry that you have to overcome there is this like millennial categorization. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. It is a yeah, thing, right? It it's a shame. And I think it's like, okay, so just because I'm big, sometimes I think if you're big on social media, it can actually hinder you mm-hmm. because you have um, a social media presence that. There's like an expectation yeah. there, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I think it can hinder you because I think. Um, if you are, and this is what I've tried to steer away from, if if you are, and I don't like doing, you have a load of branded posts, mm-hmm. say. For me, I'll never do branded, like, um, what do you call it? Paid posts, yeah. Because that's not my job. Right. I don't want to earn money that way. Right. So please don't ask me to earn money that way. Right. Because for me, it's like, I'll make you a film. Yeah. I'll tell okay. an authentic story. But I think... But in terms of just posting yeah, a picture for but money, it, yeah, it's like, no. Nah. It doesn't... Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, I don't. I, for me, if I, if I want to be considered a director, I don't want to just... I don't want people to think I just got it f- or got a job from the way that I look right as a woman as right. a young as a young woman in this who is somewhat attractive like I don't yeah. I don't want people to think that and I don't want to feel like that yeah, either yeah yeah um so I think sometimes yeah being necess- being a young woman who is who is able or who is like who is uh, who's aesthetically pleasing yeah some <laughs> some in a in a way yeah I feel like sometimes yeah. that can actually hinder yeah. you it can help you a massive deal but it can also and, and, but that's do you think yeah. that's what sort of drives you to sort of keep doing your creative oh, yeah, hugely, side? Hugely. Like, you got something yeah. else to prove. And like, I'm different about them. Not different. I'm different. This yeah. is like something else. Yeah, but. and learn. I yeah. think the there's so much importance in being open to learning, being yeah. open to explore. Like you look at on my on my website, I have all my film photos, and that none of those are through jobs. Those yeah. are like and none of those have been paid for in yeah. that set makes sense those are just through me one being intrigued by film and two taking every opportunity that I'm at to take a film photo yeah. and some of them had turned out so well others didn't turn out well and mm-hmm. I think it's that I, that idea of just learning and 
exploring. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're obviously what you're doing, Fen, is quite interesting. So, you know, for any listeners who are there, sort of looking to break into a more creative, because obviously, you know, I know we call this the model podcast, but it is obviously, you know, you, you are hugely creative within the fashion industry as a whole. I mean, do you have any advice for those young creatives that might be listening to us today? Yeah, I think it's about exploring, yeah. being open to explore, have conversations, listen to other people's stories, um, and just treat people. This is th- something that SJ's always taught me, just treat people how you want to be treat- treated. Because there are so many internships that you'll do. Um, if you do do an internship, and you won't necessarily be treated how you would want to be treated. Um, And I think that always, yeah, always be open to learning and just, even if it isn't the dream job that you wanna have, take what you can. Like when I was at Escape to the Country, I didn't didn't necessarily want that as a career, Mm -hmm. but I learned how to edit there and that's a fundamental part of my job. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Just try and take every, op- see the bright side of yeah. every opportunity. Go into it all with an open yeah. mind. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And and a smile. Yeah. Be smile willing never to help. Hurts. Yeah. Never hurts. And make a great, if you can make a great cup of tea at any internship, <laughs> you're winning, honestly. And if you know who has the almond milk, who has oh. the, yeah, then you're just like, you've just bossed it. You're basically. Then they love it. Yeah, you. yeah. It. It's so true. Mate, it's the small things. Yeah, it really is. Small things in life. That's all right. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Model Podcast brought to you by Models One and Studio 71. Hit subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review. See you next time. Mm